0: If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cut a perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Hello, would you like to have a roll in the hay? <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Ladder podcast season 2 where we're all about cinematic connections. Each week we are discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast and this week we are starting a fresh slate for 2021. My name is Zach Brooks and I am joined by Igor. Oh wait no that's that's sorry that's it's uh, Patrick. Igor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes you you're, you're I... looking you're looking very hunchy today, Brendan. <sighs>
1: <laughs> I have a hunch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought you were right, gonna. Well, I, I thought you were gonna go
0: with their podcast, their podcast, here movie ladder. <laughs> um. Well, not to step on our young Frankenstein discussion, which uh, yes, we are here to talk about young Frankenstein. It is the <laughs> first movie of season two. Our clean slate, tabula rasa, episode four twenty twenty one. Uh, we will connect it back to last week's movie Clue, but we will not be connecting it back to any other movies from season one. So if you are uh, just hopping on board for the movie ladder, welcome. Every week we talk about a different movie, and at the end of the podcast we will pick a movie from listener and host suggestions that we will watch next week, and the connections can be anything, as long as you can justify the connection, it is one that we will consider. And uh, then uh, we will pick that movie, and we will talk about that next week. So as we get into the movie, which this week is Young Frankenstein, we will be spoiling it. So if you haven't seen it, there's some... Funny jokes and surprises that are in it. So you should go watch it. It's streaming on stars if you have stars, or you can rent it on your favorite service. And if you do want to just jump ahead and see what we're going to be talking about next week, uh, I'll put a timestamp in the description for this podcast so you can jump forward, hear all the suggestions, and what we end up picking next week. And as always, make sure you're subscribed so every week you know what we're watching and you get our podcast in your feed. And follow us on Twitter at Ladder Movie. Maybe we'll be tweeting more from there. And uh, you also can follow us at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd. I think it's actually The Movie Ladder on Letterboxd. I think I have that wrong. I think I We are at uh, The Movie Ladder on Letterboxd. Yeah. Movie, the Movie Ladder is the name of the Letterboxd account. Uh, and you can email us, themovieladder at gmail.com as well. That's the best way to get your feedback, connections, star ratings, all that in to us. As we embark on another ladder. Uh, what did we call it last week? We called it the Donkey Kong level.
1: The Donkey Kong level, yeah, we're, we're doing, we're building a scaffolding. This is level two of the movie ladder video game. Yes.
0: Uh, did you see uh, Taylor Connor said she likes the idea of us getting knocked down to the bottom of the ladder and having to start fresh? And <laughs> uh, she included the gif of Marvin Harry getting knocked off the stairs with paint cans. Brilliant. Brilliant. It makes sense to me. <laughs> so, uh, all right. I, let's see. Well, okay. So their, uh, their wolf werewolf joke. Uh, probably my favorite joke in Young Frankenstein. So I just couldn't, uh, shit on it by using it as my intro.
1: Absolutely. It is, honestly, everything... Or are we just gonna get right into this? Because, uh... Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah, entire... The start. entire opening where you meet Marty Feldman's character, uh, Igor. Everything with them driving through the forest when he's there with him in the train station when they first get to the castle, everything is just brilliant that comes out of his mouth. Like he is the best character in the movie. Uh, Igor yes. is an iconic, yes. iconic cinematic
0: character. And uh,
1: I love him to death. He's yeah. one I, life- I
0: loved I loved Igor. Definitely yeah. the MVP of this movie for me. He gave out MVPs. Yeah. Uh, so funny. I was really sad when I looked at Marty Feldman and saw he's passed away. Um, and... Even, even like, I, I was like, wow, what kind of makeup do they do on his eyes to make his eyes ball gel like that? And in my research, I learned, no, that's actually nope. Marty Feldman's eyes. Yeah, that's, he,
1: he is a, condition. um, yeah, he's a, uh, former vaudeville and TV show, um, sort of, he did a lot of, uh, like those your show of shows type shows where, um, and a lot of comedic performances, different TV variety shows, uh, different TV and, uh, Theater variety shows. Um, he came he up not
0: very many movies. It didn't. Yeah, seem not to very, very many
1: movies. He came up in the very early days of the 30s and 40s, um, with the Broadway theater scene, which is where he first ran into Mel Brooks. So
0: that's is this the first time they've collaborated, in the
1: Mel Brooks? Uh, this is their first movie together. I do believe they worked on shows together before this. Um, that's where he cast a lot of this film from was uh. Various TV shows that he worked on through the 60s.
0: And I do see Marty Feldman was also in Silent Movie, which uh, I have yeah. seen Silent Movie. I don't remember it that well. Growing up, we had a Mel Brooks VHS box set that we okay. bought, um, which did not include Young Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, or Young Frankenstein. What a rip. um it also didn't include Spaceballs as well. Uh, so it had like all of his like second rung. Yeah. So Spaceballs
1: probably would have been too new at that time, depending on when you bought it. So it probably uh, had it was what? Like the yeah. So it probably yeah. had what? The producers, high, high anxiety? I no,
0: I don't even think the producers. I think it was like si- silent movie, high anxiety, 12 chairs.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Uh, if I Googled it, I could probably find it. It was like the super long VHS box set. It was very cool. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's uh, cool. But. Yeah, so I I obviously am a Mel Brooks fan, I, I, I like a lot of his movies, mm-hmm. but I never got around to Young Frankenstein until last night. Uh, this was one an, of my blind spots, it's one that, this movie was our most requested in season one, uh, I don't know if we ever got a count of how many times this came up, but. um,
1: I mean, out of 52 weeks, I think there were probably three weeks where Jeff didn't find a connection to it,
0: so no, I would say. because he kind of no. gave up after a while. But I would say probably like 25, 30 of the week. 25, 30 at the least. At the least. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious, and I don't know if you can look this up, what the first week that this was suggested
1: was. Uh, I believe it was week one. Uh, I don't have the document in front of me. I think he actually uh, asked for this in the very first week of the podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh,
0: an entire year ago.
1: Yes. So we are finally getting to the pod and the movie that was promised. Uh, Young and I do think this here. was
0: the this was the perfect one for a lot of reasons, but I think this is the mm-hmm. perfect one to start off the next year. And we we were trying to figure out last year if we wanted to keep going from the previous year or if we wanted to do you know quote unquote a new season. Even though we didn't take a week off, we even had a bonus episode last week, mm-hmm. and we just moved right into season two. So there was no off season for us at all. But um, I I like the idea of doing this as seasons. So you know, yeah, start of 2022, too. we'll do, we'll start season three. Absolutely,
1: and I think that I think that's the best way to go with this, and then we're not getting bogged down with, well, how does this connect to the one we did two years ago? You know it's yeah.
0: um I do think uh, and because I was thinking about it, you know, normally we do that connection section where we connect back to every movie we've done in the current year, mm-hmm. um which obviously got very long by the end of last year. Um, I do have one uh one challenge for us, one mini segment I want to add during our connection segment, fantastic. So, as a teen, I will just mention that. So when we get there, I do have uh, some connection ideas. So, good, I'm glad. Good. Um, and, and we will connect back to Clue, because this movie does connect to Clue, I think, in a, quite a few ways. Um, obviously, the most uh, obvious is Madeline Kahn's role in this movie.
1: Absolutely, yeah. She's, she's fantastic.
0: Um, I had sort
1: of forgotten how much she's in this movie at the end. Um, I haven't watched this movie in a really long time. My biggest thing was, um, I remember... To my recollection, the ending ends right after putting on the writs. And I had forgotten about the whole coda at the end when um Charlotte comes back. Right. And then they have the whole Bride of Frankenstein thing. I had completely forgotten about all of that. So I was like rolling on my couch laughing for that entire final twenty minute.
0: Coda. So is that final twenty minutes basically a riff off of Bride and Frankenstein? Because it I is. It I've is. seen Bride of Frankenstein, but not in a very not probably not since high school. Yeah, um, and okay. So, so this is kind this movie is kind of like a riff on both the first Frankenstein. Correct. Um, it's, arguably it's, King Kong, I would say as well in the middle yeah. and then bride of Frankenstein. At the end.
1: Yeah. It's mostly, it mostly patterns itself after the original Boris Karloff, uh, 1930s Frankenstein. And then it gets into the direct sequel, bride of Frankenstein with the last three quarters or so parodying that, um, but the, the homages are many and very obvious, but also very, very funny. Um, the, was, one of the,
0: the, was the last scene when, um, when Frankenstein is lying in bed and has the glasses on, is that supposed to be like a Bob Newhart show? Yeah, because um, he even looks like Bob Newhart. That's yeah, what I a, thought. Yeah. I, I wondered if that was intentional
1: yeah, it's definitely it's definitely intentional and a parody of um, the, you know, sitcoms of the 70s, the Bob Newhart's and the Mary Tyler Moore's and such.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was wondering if it was going to end and it was all a dream. Um, was that, <laughs> yeah, the Bob Newhart show. Spoiler alert. Uh,
1: yeah. I think that was the end of his second show. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the I don't remember what the other one was. It was the one where he was running the hotel. Jeff probably remembers it, he's probably screaming into his microphone <laughs> right
0: now yeah. or his yeah. headset. I think, uh, I think we're getting a pass from Jeff because we finally did this movie.
1: I hope okay. so. So, speaking of which, I want to, um, since I've seen this movie before, I want to sit back for a second and I want you to just give me your uh, unadulterated reaction to this film because you had no idea what was going into it. So, so it hit us, Zach. Tell tell us everything you loved, what worked for you, and what didn't. Um, when you what what your expectations were going into this and how they sort of were or weren't met.
0: So um first I will say I am surprised at what an interesting story this was in addition to just being a comedy. So I was expecting it would be just kind of your typical spoof um you know Mel I've seen a lot of Mel Brooks spoofs. I I think like the closest connection I can think of of movies I've seen of Mel Brooks's would be uh spaceballs to this um although this was I feel like this stuck a little bit more to uh the source material that it spoofed, whereas Spaceballs seemed like it was a little bit more all over the place spoofing lots of different things. Um, and I thought it was funny, and there were some really funny parts. I, I The werewolf, their wolf literally made me laugh out loud. And I when I'm watching a movie <laughs> by myself, it's rare that I will actually laugh out loud by myself watching a movie. Um, but that just was so perfect. And I do think that there were some other really funny parts. I thought the whole scene with uh, the hand was really good. um, And the sedative was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also felt there were some lulls in this movie more than I was expecting from the humor. Um, Yeah. And, and there were parts where, you know, I I was engaged. I thought, and I think the movie looks great. I think the black and white is way more effective than I was expecting. Um, But I was surprised that there were, you know, there were like, Solid 10-15 minutes sometimes, where there wasn't anything that was like particularly that funny. Um, and for a movie that gets as much love and acclaim as it does, I was surprised uh, each time that happened.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There was a, there were a few moments where I was like, "Oh, this is like now I remember why I sort of only remember bits and pieces of this movie is because it does sort of take you on a roller coaster of Here's all this crazy stuff happening. Here are all these jokes one on top of each other. And then it gives you like a five minute breathing scene, like the, uh, like the scene where he escapes and is, um, with the girl picking flowers. And then all of a sudden it ends on a great joke with him sitting right. in the seesaw and vaulting her back into bed, which is a great sort of, um, riff and also, Correction of all the backlash the original Frankenstein got on film from basically—I I don't know how familiar you are with the Boris Karloff version, but
0: I've seen. I mean, I—I—I I, I haven't. I can't tell you anything about it. I couldn't answer any trivia about it, but I've seen it. Yeah, I'm familiar with like. I think I read the book Frankenstein. I've seen yeah. Bride of Frankenstein. Um,
1: yeah. So the way the way that scene goes in the 1930s version is they're sitting there they're picking flowers they're throwing flower petals into a pond and then all the petals are gone so he picks up the girl and throws her into the pond which kills her mm-hmm. and that's why the townspeople come after him with pitchforks right and so that's sort of that subversion of what you're expecting because you're even though so far this has been a really great comedy you instinctively get kind of nervous if you're familiar with the previous Frankenstein film when you see that film starting to happen and then when it ends with him just vaulting her via seesaw back into bed is just hilarious yeah it's a perfect it's a perfect payoff and sort of overcorrection of that like tragic moment in the original Frankenstein and I I really love that
0: yeah and I do think you know as the movie ladder podcast and we do all these connections. This movie might have played a little bit better had we watched the movies that it's parodying first. And sure. um, yeah, I, I don't think there was too much lost. I think a lot of the stuff that was really funny was was not lost. But there are some of those subtle touches that I see something. I like, I think that that's referencing mm-hmm. the original Frankenstein, or I think like the Bride of Frankenstein stuff. I'm like, I think that's from Bride of Frankenstein, but I couldn't yeah. tell you for sure. Um, is the whole putting on the Ritz scene? Is that referencing anything other than uh, yeah? It's, than King Kong. It's it's also
1: referencing um, Frankenstein. Okay. It is referencing Frankenstein. So in Frankenstein, Stein, he does Kong
0: like a big presentation with him. Yeah,
1: exactly. To, okay. to to see to show people how civilized the monster
0: is, and then he breaks free of his chains and starts a rampage. Basically. So was King Kong uh, referencing? frankenstein or did just both have that
1: they both had of? that
0: um but
1: obviously um frankenstein
0: is based on the
1: novel which had that um so king Frank- kong sort of takes from that for its own movie
0: and um, uh i am i do keep talking about king kong i think i've only seen the jack black king kong so yeah. i i guess maybe i don't know if that happens in the 30s version of it, King Kong. it does it does yeah and it's
1: uh it's a much scarier um in uh, that one but it's also much more obvious of a guy in an ape suit
0: yeah. um so i did just pull up as we were talking last year's ladder because yeah. i I wanted to stat correct uh when jeff first suggested this movie and he was the first listener to suggest this uh he requested it after hot fuzz yeah as a parody homage movie uh he suggested young frankenstein austin powers and galaxy quest and i do want to put a pin in the austin powers connection as well because absolutely um, yeah. i think that's interesting and then like, a couple weeks go by he uh, also asked for it after set it off for a yep. different kind of robbery. Yep. Then after collateral for a, quote unquote, a bumpy ride. Yep. Then after my cousin Vinny, because yep. of Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster, Frankenstein. And then and that, one
1: Jeff- was a, that one was a really loose connection. But yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what he was trying to do it every week. Then, uh, yep. I think Olin caught on to the joke and him and Olin both asked for it after Dirty Rotten Scoundrels mm. with the connection of putting on the Ritz. Yep um then from brothers bloom he said train scene which is uh we had a train scene in lots of movies oh yeah uh after shutter island for abnormal or abnormal brain yep and uh after memento for mental illness after insomnia for fog
1: and then <laughs> had fog. looks like
0: had a lull for a little while uh, at least through we only have listener connections on the spreadsheet for Newsies, which we're going to we're going to keep this up a little better this year. But
1: yeah, we um, are. And it'll be great. Um, But yeah, so, so.
0: glad Jeff finally got his connection. Uh, it is ironic because Jeff did not uh, ask for this one yesterday or last week. I think after, after two course. weeks ago with yeah. uh, with Nick's nuts when he asked for Young Frankenstein and we said no. He said he's never requesting this movie again. <laughs> and So then, of course, we had to pick it. Of course we did. I mean, it made, it made sense
1: and the joke paid off, and yes. we're 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 the long con joke of podcasts. Um,
0: I did have this, uh, you <laughs> know, I didn't I didn't ladder jam or anything, but I did have this idea for you know, as soon as we yeah. first had Madeline Kahn, I was like, well, what if we made this the first movie of 2021?
1: Yeah, and I whereas I was going the opposite, and that's what I was trying to do is I was trying to get it to be the last movie we did instead of Clue. And you didn't let me know what you were trying to do, so I was like, all right, well Jeff's going home disappointed.
0: And then I it, get I get yeah. coy sometimes with these things. You do, you do. <laughs>
1: um
0: all right, so so, let's why don't, so the uh who did who did suggest this? It looks like it was just you last it week, was me, right?
1: because it was, it was my you. poll from
0: previous ladder suggestions. And then okay. there
1: was also a half point for this given to um who did I give a half point to for this? I gave a half point to the listeners as well. Because this came from Jeff, so I let him take half credit for, ah, okay. for for week one. So myself and him got half a point for getting this one on the board. Um. So what? Speaking of which, we haven't talked about the titular young Frankenstein at all yet. Um. What did you think of this Gene Wilder performance? Um. How did it work for you?
0: Oh, I, I thought he was great. Um. I think yeah. he. You know, he he's pulling from a similar uh, acting, uh, I don't know, acting place, uh, acting inspiration. I feel like as he did in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is the yeah. other movie where I've you know I've seen other movies with, with Gene Wilder, but those are the two that I'm the most familiar with. Uh, this and, and yeah, Willy Wonka. Sure. Um, and it reminded me, he, he reminded me a lot of that character. Yeah, and there's like a curiosity
1: mixed with madness, mixed with just genuine um like good natured humor but also dark humor like he's got a lot he's got a lot going on and I like um I like everything that Victor Fre- Fro- uh not Victor Fro- Freudrick Freudrick yes. Franken- Frankenstein Frankenstein has Fro- going on like, Does he come Freudrick? Yeah, frederick after yeah. he says Igor. Because um, <laughs> his... I was
0: expecting some sort of like Lord of the Rings joke to be in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Freudrick
1: which i do think that if
0: this movie was made more like austin powers Mm. where it's kind of all over the place i think this movie would have made the lord of the rings joke there because it would have been like okay here's all of these different whereas young frankenstein really seems like it's stuck to just a couple of influences and didn't Mm. try to parody um didn't try to just parody everything like a lot of other spoof movies like scary movie right. or uh well, naked gun and, and uh, Austin powers. And well,
1: even sticking to Mel Brooks movies themselves, I think to a degree why parts of, of uh, Robin Hood men in tights don't work as well as they could is because he's parodying himself. Mm. Like he's, he's pulling direct jokes from young Frankenstein and blazing saddles for that movie. I mean, um, there are bits that happen in this that are just straight up repeated and feel kind of lazy. In, Interesting. In netted uh, types, like the mole on uh, Richard Lewis's face instead of the hump on Igor and everything with um, Maid Marian's uh, counterpart, um, Lady in Waiting and the horse. That is a direct like homage to Frau Blucher and the horse noise in Young Frankenstein. Which is really really funny. What and year I was
0: know, uh What year was Robin Ninety four. So okay. maybe it was but sort it was much, of. I like mean, was almost twenty
1: years later. Yeah. So maybe it was an intentional homage, but he he reuses a lot of the same jokes um from both this and Blazing Saddles in Menatites. Yeah, it's
0: interesting that Mel Brooks, how spaced out his movies are.
1: Yeah, and, for sure.
0: You know, uh, spaced out. Well, Spaceballs is thirteen years <laughs> after. After Young Frankenstein. Yep. Uh, Blazing Saddles was... Oh, Blazing Saddles was the same year as Young Frankenstein. Um, the Producers was 67, so it was before this. Yep. Uh, you know, seven years before this. And uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights is 93. Um, and History then, of
1: the World is 81, so that's another seven years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I think he sort of focuses a lot more on writing and producing than he does directing. And I think, because I think that's really where he, um, shines. And I know that's what he, you know, through various interviews has always said his true love is, is in the writing of the jokes, not necessarily the directing. So it it makes sense that he sort of is the backer of many comedic projects and television shows rather than the forefront, um, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the last movie, it looks like the last movie he wrote and directed was Dracula Dead and Loving It.
1: Yeah, which is a notorious, uh, you know, not great movie uh, in 1985. Yeah, uh,
0: I remember when it came out. I don't know if I ever saw it.
1: I don't um, know if I ever saw it either. And I actually thought about putting it on my connections for this week, just based on it being another parody spoof of 1930s monster movies. Mm-hmm. Um directed by mel brooks and i but i didn't go for it um but i i was close
0: i just didn't know if that
1: was a a a path we wanted to go down for that one
0: yeah um and then mel brooks's son max brooks now i know he wrote um world war z but i don't know does he produced or directed or written any movies as well
1: he has yeah.
0: and i'm trying to remember what they were they um, <laughs> were both frantically yeah
1: idea, i know right but, well, we, uh, i did read, world, do war our
0: I did one, read yes. world war z i did read do not think Easy. the movie was very great um oh yeah it looks like uh so he's acted in some movies right
1: yeah he's he's more known as a um actor at this point he has written three films the great wall uh devolution and world war z uh devolution has not come out yet, it doesn't look like.
0: So Devolution looks like it's a book from twenty twenty, so they make it a Ah uh, okay.
1: Movie. Yeah, it looks like maybe it's being developed because it's oh. on letterbox. So um it must be in development. Um let's
0: see. But... So uh Devolution, a first hand account of the Rainier Sasquatch Massacre is a twenty twenty fiction book. Well uh a a Sasquatch on the foothills okay. of post volcanic eruption Mount Rainier stands as a metaphor for the real world COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, well, that sounds pass. terrifying not <laughs>
1: that. yeah uh, no let's not do that pass uh, pass um uh, but yeah i it's the very talented family obviously um and i i i've always adored mel brooks um i think my first exposure to him was Spaceballs. yeah mm-hmm. i think then, i feel like
0: for people our age that yeah. was what i first saw of his as well the space absolutely
1: and then, you know, like I, I think I said this uh, a couple of weeks ago, my first um, memories of watching Young Frankenstein. So I have a very specific sense of memory tied to this movie, which is this movie used to be on TMC or AMC all the time growing up on the uh, classic movie channels. Um, and I would be what it would always end up being on when I would be home sick from school like laying on my couch, flipping mm-hmm. channels on my mom's couch. Um, and I would always watch bits and pieces of it, but so every time I see it, I get like this sort of queasy feeling in my stomach. That's just like a nervous stomach sense, sense memory of like watching this movie when I was sick as a child.
0: So how so, did you feel watching yesterday?
1: It it came back a little, like I was sitting <laughs> there eating dinner and I was like, is this the dinner or is this the movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um yeah it, it felt okay last night but it was still there was a couple of queasy moments and i think mostly it's the um scene with the uh spoiler alert if you haven't watched it i hope you've watched it um there is a very famous cameo in this movie about halfway through with a very famous actor playing I mean, we're spoiling a, this
0: movie you don't need yeah, to yeah playing a playing a blind uh hermit uh, I did not realize that was that was Gene Hackman.
1: Yeah, was, it's was, Gene it doesn't Hackman. It doesn't look like Gene Hackman, and it doesn't at all. look like Gene Hackman, and it barely sounds like Gene Hackman. But it's Gene Hackman. Hackman, and it's maybe one of it's probably the most famous scene from this movie, or that people reference a lot because it's the most unexpected cameo. Um, of I mean, of that. I just
0: time. pulled up the picture again. Okay, yeah. I guess knowing that it's Gene Hackman. Yeah, I it's can kind it's of. the know, eyes. It's
1: the but, eyes. Yeah. But he's also not wearing glasses and you're used to Gene Hackman wearing glasses if you've, like, watched 70s films, he's wearing glasses in most of those films. So you're waiting, you're looking for a guy with glasses and he's just got this and big And
0: he's got a giant beard and the yeah. hair and the yeah. big so eyebrows. They,
1: they did a really good job sort of hiding him, but I love the Gene Hackman scene, but that's the one that I remember the most as a kid. And just, like, because I'm sitting there eating soup and this guy's getting soup poured all over him you know and it's like oh no mm-hmm. um yeah I, I really love that scene um this movie really works for me it still holds up um I think the jokes really really land I think I agree with you there are some quiet parts that sort of low it it it's one of the odd comedy movies that actually kind of feels its 100 minute length like I'm glad it's not longer
0: yeah um but, and, well, and I thought that, so the, the, um, putting on the Ritz scene, I, so I was spoiled on that because when I pulled the outro music last yeah. year, that came up and I was like, oh, okay. So I just like, I mean, I was only spoiled on the very first part of it because I do think that as the scene goes on, it gets funnier. Um,
1: yeah. but I
0: just pulled the music from like the very beginning of that YouTube video. And, um, and so I knew that that was coming, but like at that point, I thought that was the end of the movie. Yeah. And that was my recollection of being near the end of the movie as well. So Yeah, so then that it kept going. I didn't mind it. I actually think that at that point I was like, why did we connect with Madeline Kahn? She's in one scene in this movie. Yeah, Um, exactly. I was thinking that too. And and so, yeah, I was not expecting that she was going to show back up. mm -hmm. I mean, the only reason why I was was because we used Madeline Kahn. But I was like, well, I guess we just used, you know, there's an actor who's in this movie.
1: Right. Um, Well, I mean, it's also a big creepy mansion on top of a hill, you know? Yeah um With lots so of when, secret when she,
0: yeah when she shows back up after that it, it did um i didn't i didn't mind it i thought that it was I, I liked learning the um about the relationship between uh frankenstein and his monster yeah um for sure. just the way that they they start connecting when they when they have that moment of connection where they're where he tells them he wants them to love him and the, you know they're stuck in the jail cell together i thought that was funny. that was all really good stuff and um yeah, I, I do think that you know I was going into this just expecting it to be a comedy, but I think it it actually has a good story. I, it's um it was yeah, interesting to me the progression, and I also think yeah, this movie looks awesome. Yeah, I mm-hmm. watched it with the lights off. It was late at night. Like, I had um like, like the fog had, and everything works yeah, so well. And the well. Sh- the I mean, shadows. Yeah. So we didn't talk about what we watched last week, and maybe we'll get into that at the end of mm-hmm. the at the end of the podcast. But last week I watched uh, the Third Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, on part of my my monthly movie challenge from last year, mm-hmm. and that movie, the the black and white and shadows that I watched it because it won Best Cinematography, and yeah. the black and white and shadows in that movie are just striking. They there's really good contrast. There's you know characters walking in and huge shadows behind them, and yep. you got a lot of that in Young Frankenstein, which is not you wouldn't yeah. expect that from a, a comedy spoof movie to get that kind of cinematography, um, but I appreciated this how good it looked.
1: Yeah, it does a great job of not just giving homage to the 1930s monster movies, but also the classic look and feel of a 1930s, 40s romance movie. Mm -hmm. Like like your Casablanca's or your uh, Affair to Remembers, where people are standing on a train platform or runway... Yeah. in trench coats and fedoras saying goodbye to each other and having that big sweeping romantic moment as the train pulls away and, and then they elbow bump yeah exactly so uh, <laughs> and then the elbow that was like the most relatable moment of the movie
0: yeah it was Yeah. that part the next scene after that was kind of weird for me because it was, mm. they're like next stop new york city and I was like, okay, that I guess he's. And then it's like next stop Transylvania, and I guess like yeah. the joke, but oh, it was right. like it was just kind of a weird joke. Me. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. And then, yeah. and then when he meets Igor, I feel like that that, that everything from when he meets Igor, yeah. Then, then the movie really picks up. Um, I I, I love the uh walk walk this way. And then oh yeah, that him. is. Uh, yeah, that was really good. That is actually a
1: direct um. So Aerosmith's song "Walk This Way" was taken from oh. that moment in this film. Oh, really? Uh, the, yeah, the, they named, they titled the song after, and came up with the song after getting stoned and watching *Young Frankenstein*. <laughs> oh, that's that's so, a great connection. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. I wish there was an Aerosmith movie we could we could connect uh, to. Well,
0: there right. there is one. Um, oh, good there's point. There's one that comes to mind. I just don't <laughs> know if there's a really a connection besides yeah, that. Yeah, now I'm yeah, gonna Now I'm gonna um. <laughs> Look that up as you as you talk about something else.
1: But yeah, um, so the other thing that I wanted to make sure I hit on that's sort of a connection is, um, so I don't know that you know that this was developed into a Broadway musical in 2007.
0: Uh, I think I did hear that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I, I was thinking about that as I watched this movie, trying to figure out how that would actually work.
1: Yeah. So it was developed as a stage musical in in uh, 2007, premiered on Broadway in New York in 2008, which is uh. When I saw it, I actually came down from, or I came up, I was living in Allentown at the time in Pennsylvania, and I had decided to take a weekend to New York to see a couple of shows, and one of the ones I saw was Young Frankenstein, and it was incredible. Um, the, the lights and the machinery and the sound and the music that Rollin' the Hay is a whole song, mm. like called Rollin' the Hay, where mm-hmm. they're just on a stage, platform that's raked which means it's leaning and it's filled with like hay and there's a fake horse trotting and they're just singing roll 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 in the hay and there's all this choreography as they're like sort of bouncing around the hay and that's that's the main song that i
0: remember from it that Um, joke the roll in the hay is such a it's such a mel brooks joke like, yeah, I feel like people don't say roll in the hay anymore, but no, it's something no. like Mel Brooks is like, Oh, that's a phrase. I'm going to turn that into like, you know, it, it's, it's like subverting your expectations. Right. Right. Um, everything that they say, you're like, Oh, you know, werewolf. Well, you know, in your head, you're like, yeah, they're talking about a werewolf, but then they use it as like W H E R, you know, like right. that kind right. of thing. So, um, and that's,
1: you know, that's to, to, I, I don't want to step on our, uh, connections to last week too much but that's one of the things i really appreciate about clue as well is sort of the yes play on words and the Mm -hmm. punniness and the jokes on top of jokes where you may not get all the jokes the first time so you may need to watch it a second time just to get the rest of the jokes yeah
0: like Um, yeah i i definitely picked up on that as a connection as well
1: so that's that's one thing i really love about this movie and i mean if we could if we could just dedicate like, the rest of this month to Mel Brooks, I'd probably be happy. I don't know if that's the direction we're going to go in. Yeah. But, um. Mel Brooks, yeah.
0: I, uh, we don't even have a good, like, pun on on January, you know. Man- right. Manuary. Right. Man- right. man- right.
1: like
0: <laughs> man- manuary sounds terrible. We're not doing manuary. We're not doing martuary. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, have, I also have Mel Brooks fresh in my mind right now because yeah. – uh, on Av's other podcast, well, I guess it's Av's only podcast now, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. They just finished a season of Curb Enthusiasm a couple months ago that was all based on the producers. And that whole season, so I have not seen the producers, but that whole season is about Larry developing the producers. Yeah. Um, or starring in the producers that Mel Brooks is, is developing for the stage. And what the season, which you don't realize if you're not a fan of the producers, the way it actually ends up turning out is that Mel Brooks is actually trying to tank the production of the producers. So exactly like story in the, from the, that's from that's brilliant. The, I love it. Yeah. Well, wow, that's so, such a hat on a hat of a joke. Yeah. I th- there I will. I will recommend, you know, that that pretty, pretty, pretty good podcast is, yeah. is very fun if you're a Curb fan, but especially their season finale podcast for that. Okay. They actually got a cast member on that. And oh, nice. they talk about just like what an interesting twist that is, because it's not revealed until the finale right. of the season and sense. the whole season you're like why would mel brooks cast larry david as right. the lead in his production and it's <laughs> not because larry david's a good actor the whole joke is that larry david is terrible and he thought larry david right. was going to fail and it was going to be so it's, it's similar to the plot love of the it. producers uh love it. Yeah. So, um, i don't which, know how. Which, I se- which season of uh curb is that season four i believe okay
1: um so, yeah, definitely check that out. And, I mean, I, I like the few episodes of Pretty Good Pod I have uh, listened to. They do a really good job on that on that show. So, yeah,
0: uh, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: bummed that I failed at my uh, pre-summer mission of actually catching up on Curb and catching up on their podcast. But I sort of fell off that one throughout the summer. Yeah, um,
0: there's a lot. Of- out there there's a lot of content out there yeah. like um so can we talk a little bit before we uh there's two Enjoy other it. things i want to touch on uh one is yeah. the sedative scene because i saw that joke coming <laughs> from around the corner when he does the scat uh what is it called uh charades to try to get you know when when the monster's attacking right. frankenstein right, right and um he's trying to ask for the sedative uh, even though i saw that joke coming a mile away i still laughed at said said uh, Said a dirty word. And I just, <laughs> that was, that was like, I mean, it's it's like, you guys are idiots. Obviously, it's not what he's saying. He's asking for the sedative, but it, it does work as a funny joke. Well, it's also,
1: it's also like very Mel Brooks because he's very notorious for, while well, having dirty humor in his movies, he doesn't
0: really use dirty words.
1: Yeah. Because I don't he'd feel rather. Like L... I think of
0: Mel Brooks as having dirty humor. Yeah.
1: He'd rather have the joke speak for itself than having it be emphasized by a dirty word.
0: Right. It's like know the know Jerry, me? it's like the Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, of humor.
1: Yeah. So it's really like, it's a, it's really good writing and he doesn't lean on the, the obvious pun that could, that a dirty comic would use. Mm-hmm. He tries to, you know, be more clever than that. And I, I really appreciate that about his humor for sure. Um, all
0: right. So the other thing that I just did not get in this movie, mm-hmm. um, is the and i talked about the hand scene which i really liked i like when they steal the body and then the the cop comes up and, and frankenstein has to use the hand um it reminds me of like the joke from when you were at camp when one person will be the body and one person will be the hand right scene. right 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 um but i do not understand a cop in this movie at all like what's with oh. his arm and his like robotic arm so and,
1: he's sort of a play on uh dr Strangelove from uh the kubrick film Mm. so he's sort of that sort of physical character but he's also um you know doing an uh doing an obvious parody of that while also doing a parody of the sort of um terrible terrible police officer that you would have that was a nothing role in all of these early 1930s uh monster movies it's Mm. he's he's most uh Mostly trying to parody uh, Doctor Strange Okay. And I again,
0: sure. I've seen Doctor Strange not for a while. Um, and I know like part of the joke is that the cop you can't understand what he's saying. Right. Like, nobody can understand what he's saying. Um, but I also couldn't understand what he's saying because yeah, that's comedy. About. I'm obviously not watching with the captions on. Right. And so then I was just like, right. as I was watching him, I was just kind of like, I just I don't what is his name, Inspector Kemp. Um, yeah. I was Kemp. just like, I, yeah, I just the, don't quite
1: get it part part of his character also is that he has a different scar for each of the five times that this has happened before so this is the sixth time so you sort of like watch him and look at him and you can see because they have that one scene in the town hall where they're trying to figure out what to do and he's like we can't let this happen again for the fifth time (laughs) and it's (laughs) like i did not pick up on that yeah so it was so they actually directly reference the four previous um Frankenstein films that they were considering Canon for parodying this film, so they they talk about how they can't let this happen for a fifth time,
0: so in and the so, actual yeah. timeline,
1: mm-hmm. this
0: is like after um like Frankenstein bride of Frankenstein, right, right. son okay. of Frankenstein, and yeah, so this really oh. is like just happening again if you, you want to think yeah. about it as like an actual timeline
1: yeah. yeah it's it is happening again, it's what it's like. It's like Halloween ha- with and having Michael Myers have a
0: grandson. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's like basically exactly. what they do. I mean, I, yeah. I actually think that's pretty clever, even mm-hmm. if it's a little bit ahead of its time, because I don't know how many, you know, of these like million horror sequels there were, but yeah. you really could look at this as like a parody of like a Halloween H20 or a Freddy vs. Jason. Like, Correct, like well before just, like, any of that. Yeah. It's like way, yeah, exactly. It's a lot before that, but it's a, it's an interesting way to be ahead of its time. Okay, uh, well, yeah, that's good. I also, um, you know, we haven't talked about Terry all and, um, yeah, you know, I think, I think her role as the love interest for Frankenstein and, yeah. um, and, and also Cloris Leachman, who I feel like the name Cloris Leachman I've heard a lot, but yeah, I don't know if I've seen her in anything. She's a character actress who's usually,
1: um, covered in a lot of makeup and wigs and like, accentuating noses and moles on her face and stuff she's she's generally a uh actress who is hidden behind a lot of makeup in these comedy parody type movies um she had her own show or the name
0: sounds so familiar i just don't know why the name would be familiar yeah Uh. she's she's
1: been in a ton of stuff um you'll you'll have to look her up uh but I, I really like her in this. I really love everything with the violin and yes. when they find her and she does the – and he's like, you were the one doing the thing. Yes. You were doing, doing the other thing. Yes. And she's like stringing she's the violin. She's strumming and along. Her.
0: And I like when they yes. say that the violin is still warm. Like a violin yeah, is Yeah, it was really warm. funny. Um, yeah. And the music. I, I thought the music was yeah. great in this as well. That, that, yeah, everything like, with the music. That uh, eerie song that she played works yeah. very well for for this for the, the
1: setting. yeah that the, the creepy song was a really great through line so chorus leachman you probably know from she was granny in the beverly hills hillbillies 90s remake with nope. jim barney nope. um she was also in what else was she in that you might know her from she was in history of the world part one she was in okay.
0: i have seen yeah. that um yeah yeah, she's Uh, in last picture show which i saw history film class in high school i don't know Um, know, maybe it's just a name that is you know maybe it's just like you hear it uh, yeah she's she's a a
1: really well-traveled character actress um who's just sort of been in a ton of things and if you recognize her you recognize her but you you would have to look her up later yeah Mm
0: -hmm. and so her character in the movie is um like in love with uh frankenstein's grandfather yeah they were they he was her she was his former assistant basically okay
1: she's the older version of inga basically okay yeah and then inga inga is really good um i like her accent i like her sort of flightiness um i think she was a good side. i thought she was a good sidekick yeah she's a really good sidekick i think the scene with her and charlotte and the awkward love triangle moment when charlotte gets there at the um i'm sorry i keep saying charlotte it's elizabeth Mm. It's Elizabeth uh gets there from the stagecoach uh towards the end of the movie when they are in the front of the castle. I think it's um really funny. Mm. She's she's really funny. Yeah, I, I
0: like how they come down from the uh from the Frankenstein yeah. bed. They're up yeah. there. It's really funny. So all right, well, why don't we get into uh connections to Clue because we got a couple more and then uh, yeah, my new connection mini segment. Let's we'll see how this works. All
1: right and, go for
0: it. um and go from there. Yeah. So, do you want to ping-pong back and forth on these? Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about Madeleine Khan, uh, yep. dead body. Uh yep. The other one that I will add is, in addition to it being in a mansion, it's a stormy night in a mansion. So Good we point. have a stormy yep.
1: night lots of lots of fog, lots of storminess, mm-hmm. lots of rain. Yep. And then I I had uh, you know, obviously we talked about the puns and the play of words. Um, there's a lot of that in both movies. So we this is a very punny punny film.
0: Yeah. Um. You know, uh, for a non-connection, I would, you know, we don't do non-connections, but Clue is very obviously very colorful, and this is black and white.
1: Yeah, so. and I mean, these are both movies that are based on other properties. Yes, that was another um, one I had. Written
0: yeah. as well,
1: you know, Clue being based on the board game, and this being based on the 30s monster movies. Um, mm-hmm.
0: so. All right. Well, my idea is that uh, while we are not going back, you know, that is the that is the last time we're going to reference movies to. Well, I, I
1: had a couple more for Clue. I'm sorry. Oh, I, good. I, okay, I. I, I uh, so. Go. Both movies feature a bug-eyed butler, so yeah. Tim Curry gets pretty bug-eyed he's in a bug-eyed. couple of scenes. Yeah, where he's like, there's the famous Tim Curry gift from Clue where he's, his eyes are bulging out as he's looking at the papers of what everybody did. And then, um...
0: Yeah, yeah, Alright, okay. All right. I, I, would, say, then, I uh, would say, I would say I, I, well, so I would say Frau Bo- Frau. how do you pronounce her name? Frau uh, Boucher? Oh, Frau Bluka. Frau Bluka. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that she more mirror, more maps onto the Wadsworth character. Fair enough. Than fair enough. Igor does.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, but there are also a lot of secret. There are secret passages in both. Ah, yeah, that's a yeah. good one too. Secret yeah. passages that lead to other places. Yep. Yeah. So there you
0: go. Um, was there any like uh, slapsticky comedy? I mean, the, like some of the slapsticky like body comedy that was in Clue could also mirror onto some of those stuff. Uh,
1: just the carrying around of the bodies and disguising a body underneath your coat. Mm-hmm. was something that happened in both uh oh, true. yeah Yeah. so there you go
0: yeah. all right well now we can get to uh what i want to do so i think it's season two since we're not going back to season one movies at all mm-hmm. what do you think about each of us saying what movie this most closely maps to from season one Hmm. okay yeah so we're, have... not, we're not connecting to every movie before. no but one, one movie just, just doing, it's just like one way of paying homage to last season um Cause I think there's one very clear one that I, I thought of this as I yeah. watched one very clear connection I had and it's not clear. So, so I, do
1: you want to so go first? I will go first. So if I had to think about it, I think that this actually maps pretty well to parts of, um, uh, waiting for Guffman in that it's a direct parody of uh the type of movies that came before it that are more serious being that it's theater being that it's absurdist being that it's cons and absurd characters getting themselves into ridiculous situations lots of uh lots of body comedy as well um and then it's also a stage musical in that movie and then this movie got turned into a stage musical oh
0: that's so, interesting.
1: yeah waiting for guffman would be cool. my uh you do not
0: take mine, because I think that this... i I
1: didn't, I'm glad I didn't. No, this movie,
0: I think, most closely maps to uh, what we do in the Shadows. I think that's very fair, and I I thought that might be the one you picked, so I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and what really gave it away was, like, the very first scene, they start talking about Vermicelli. Uh, yeah. And, it like, my favorite part of what we do in the Shadows <laughs> is the Biscetti scene. and <laughs> It's not Biscetti, it's worms, and right, they, even, right, like, right. pair the Vermicelli to worms, and I was right. like... I don't know if what we do in the shadows was referencing that with that joke, but, um, it was spot on. So, so
1: I, uh, speaking of, speaking of Buschetti, I, I know that uh, I cracked myself up and you because my mom, uh, while I was home for Christmas and New Year's, made made spaghetti. And the first thing I thought to do when she put the plate down and said, here's dinner, was send you a text picture of the uh, of, of the plate of spaghetti and say, how do you like your biscotti? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <It's> worms. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. well, we'll try yeah. to do that uh, each right. week. And maybe, yeah, we, you know, we each, we each come with our idea of what movie from season one it most connects to. Because we have 52 movies from season one, so we yeah. should be able to connect every movie somehow. To absolutely.
1: Find some reasons. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Let's get into feedback from this movie. And, all right. Uh, and then we can start with uh, scores and then connections. So. And I just
1: want to shout out the listeners. So we got more listener feedback and scores this week than in any previous week leading up to this one. So I just want to say thank you, listeners. We have a yeah. lot of, we got a lot of scores to average this week. So we really appreciate hearing from all of you. And we are going to get to all of your feedback today. So keep sending it in.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's a great way to start the yeah. second year. And, uh, it's, you know, I'm hoping that we get some more people hopping on board as yeah. we're doing this clean slate. You don't have to have listened to season one, even though we recommend you do. Um, yeah, you can start and every week we'll give you a movie to watch and then give you a reason to write in. Most of the okay. movies will be good. Last year, you know, the, Uh, overall, the scores were very high, but Mm -hmm. there were a couple stinkers in there and it's okay. (laughs) Stinkers can be fun too. Unless it's interview with a vampire, then it's just a stinker. (laughs) And if you missed our season one wrap up last week, check that out too. It was a bonus episode we released and that was very fun. Uh, we did a, we did a look back at our top movies, our bottom movies. We gave out some awards, looked ahead to the future. So, So there's many, many bonus episodes still timely. So check that out as well. So, uh, all right. First feedback, of course, is from Jeff, and he said this was such a terrible movie. Who would possibly recommend it? <laughs> just kidding. I clearly love this movie. The silly humor is great. The subtle jokes still hit home for me. Gene Wilder is fantastic in this, as is Marty Feldman. I crap up. I crack up when his hump moves, and I love the slapstick jokes, like Walk This Way. Definitely one of those movies I can watch over and over and never grow tired of it. Gives it a perfect five point So Nice. I didn't notice that. Glad glad Jeff stands igor's hump moves i Um. didn't notice it
1: either um i think that's something that you probably pick up on a new rewatch i uh yeah
0: i didn't i didn't really notice i was kind of looking for it and i still didn't notice it yeah i mean there were times where it didn't look like he had a hump at all like right um but i just thought i don't know he was standing up more straight or something all right you want to read kyle's yeah so
1: kyle writes in kyle is about as high as jeff uh he says a lot of gags still hold up for me favorite moments are frau blucher horse winnie joke and the let me get out uh yeah the let me out let let me the hell out of here scene and of course putting on the ritz uh he gives it a 4.5 i really love the putting on the ritz scene as well um that just that's the first scene i think of when i think of this movie for sure um as far as rewatchability. I, I, yeah, I do the, wish
0: I hadn't seen that. Uh, and
1: I and I think I messaged you when you said, okay, I found the thing. And I was like, no, don't use that.
0: I like, yeah, usually I, I can avoid any killed. spoilers when I'm trying to pull. Like sometimes I know it. exactly what song to put at the end of the podcast. Sometimes I have to go Googling for it. And I try right. to avoid, but you know occasionally I just, I mean, yeah. the score is so good in this. Had I realized the score is good, I would have just pulled the score. Yeah. Yeah. The, putting on the Ritz scene reminds me a lot of the uh, Hello, My Baby, Hello, My Darling. Yep, for first sure. its case policy. Yep, yeah. absolutely. All right, V says, First of all, I love that you picked this to start off the year. Five out of nice. five. So he said, first of all, and then at least one sentence, unless you didn't copy it. <laughs> <at all. laughs> that's the <laughs> His joke. Feedback. That's oh. the joke. Oh, that's the joke. Oh, damn. That's the joke. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, All right, uh, the great on Johnson writes in to say, This movie is a classic example Classic example." of old humor not translating for me uh i had never seen this movie and 40 years later it just doesn't hit the bad accents were particularly graded although i will say the man who plays igor does a great job or good job he gives it a 2.5 so this movie didn't hit for stefan and this was his
0: first time watching
1: yeah do you think but you're you know you're you're someone who just saw it for the first time as well and it worked for you all of the all of the weird stuff so
0: yeah, it did um i you know you'll see with my rating i'm not as low as stefan but i'm not as high as our other listeners
1: interesting interesting all right well what I, does I have... the
0: bad accents were grading i don't have a problem with accents uh yeah i no, think stefan a... is trying to pick a fight with olin here but uh, <laughs> uh, well you know what can you do all right. Uh, uh, what did Molly have to say? Molly said, Gene Wilder is pretty much great in everything, and he's so perfect in Young Frankenstein. He's basically yelling a lot of the time, but I love it. The visual style is beautiful, and the cast is so good. A lot of the jokes feel kind of dated. It has some iconic comedy moments, like uh, the Abby Normal brain scene, which will always be my favorite. Four stars for Molly. Uh-huh. nice jeremiah writes in to say i am extremely excited that
1: you guys are covering young frankenstein it's always been one of my all-time favorite comedies wilder and mel brooks at their best i give it five stars max is four out of five short and sweet. nice good
0: job well, you max. Got you. A long time, i
1: man. did ping pong all right Uh, Only writes it and says, well, rewatch the James Whale Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein in preparation for this. The Mel Brooks version holds up as a loving comic take. Whilst making homage to many scenes, it is also not beholden to it and creates its own scenarios, such as the putting on the Ritz sequence. Oh, so maybe that isn't actually something that's in the previous ones. Maybe it's just in King Kong. Maybe it is just in King Kong. Interesting. Well, that's it. That's a good homage then. Uh, beautifully shot. Love the violin music score and the sound effects, and a host of magnificent performances. Great to see Marty Feldman, a great talented writer and performer, get a role that he sh- that should help him be remembered for a long time. Fun fact: the actor playing the father of the young girl Helga is why another actor who portrays Marty's Marty with Fly is known with his middle initial of J. Helga's father being the original acting Michael Fox. Uh
0: so I noticed Michael Fox in the cast for this.
1: Yeah, so that's why Michael. I was J. trying Fox, to do
0: the math. I'm like, is yeah. it like a kid Michael J. Fox in this? No, that's movie? why
1: Michael J. Fox had to go by Michael J. Fox because like Michael Fox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, uh, Owen gives it four point five out of five. That's not as much of a thing anymore as it was. Back in the seventies and eighties, where people would have to use alternate names to not be confused with um anyone. I guess it's a screen actors guild thing. You couldn't have a credit under the same name as an actor um, with the same credit name who had like a certain amount of credits under them previously. You would have to change your name. Like have a middle initial, or go by your first name or something and like that. Unless you're Michael B. Jordan, who's tasked yeah. to do it currently. Exactly. So thir- uh, third in third in uh, Owen's rankings of Mel Brooks films,
0: and he said 4.5. I don't know. If yeah, 4.5 out of five. Um, yes, yeah, third. And I'd, I'd have to think where this would fall in my Mel Brooks rankings. Um, yeah,
1: and I think for me it's probably second. I still have to put Spaceballs above it. Um, I haven't rewatched History of the World Part One in a really long time. I would be curious if that holds up. I haven't watched Blazing Saddles in a time. I'd be curious if that holds up. Um
0: there is one part of History of the World that is so funny. Um, yeah. The the Last Supper scene. Yeah, it's, it's so the gla- funny in oh, that, the Last Supper. I think that elevates it above Young Frankenstein for me and I think Spaceballs is still uh classic. Yeah, I haven't seen sure. Blazing Saddles in a while. Uh, um and talk about dated jokes. I would imagine very dated jokes in that. Um so hard for me to say. So probably third sure. in my list as well. Um yeah what, did, right, uh, what did then, young, uh what did Young Jim Cromley say Yeah uh <laughs> um Young Cromley said uh Young Frankenstein's a classic though it probably doesn't hit as well as it did when the monster movie craze was still fresh I give it 4.5 Incidentally Fargo F A R G O is hidden in Young Frankenstein if you rearrange your letters is that yeah. going to be a requirement for next year's first ladder movie as well Oh interesting That's a great question and I didn't pick up on that and that is an incredible catch yeah uh yeah. if we remember that
1: in a year maybe we'll, yep. try to that in. we'll have to we'll have to remember that in a year but that's great but that is uh gonna average us out to a 4.33 from the listeners
0: nice very high yeah um, very high score cool all right um well why don't you
1: go first and i'll close us out all right so i'll go first uh so this you know i've said a lot about this movie i grew up with this movie i watched it a million times get some parts of it uh, a lot of it still really holds up. I think the Marty Feldman performance is just absolutely iconic and can't be beat as far as comedic sidekicks go. Um I you know, oh, I think all of the jokes still work, and that's a credit to Mel Brooks's writing style in not relying on cheap humor and dirty humor and swear words to get his point across or physical abuse of characters to get his point across um he is just a really really clever writer um i think this is a 4.5 for me too i don't think it's a perfect movie i think it has a couple of goals i think that drag it down a little but it is a uh i'm very happy to give this movie a
0: 4.5 and stand by that and the listeners nice All right. Um, So you gave a 4.5. Yep. Listeners gave 4.3. I do agree that I think most of the humor holds up. I know Molly said that there's some dated jokes. I think other than the knockers joke, which I kind of saw coming (laughs) around the corner, I don't know if there's anything else that's too dated. I mean, um, I think if you watch Austin Powers, there's going to be a lot more dated jokes than that, I would imagine. Um, But nothing else. I mean, you know, some of the like the stuff with Igor, but I don't know. I, I think overall, I thought the humor holds up pretty well. Um, and I, and I think there were some really funny scenes. I think there's some scenes I will definitely remember. Um, there's, I, I love some of the surprises in this. It is shot beautifully. Uh, the cast is really fun. And, um, but I just feel like there were just more lulls in this than I was expecting. And, uh, it took a little bit to get going. I think it wasn't until Igor came on that I really was into this movie. And then, um, you know, mm. sort of lulls here and there. So, uh, I can get why if you grew up with this or if you've seen it a bunch of times, it would be a 4.5. But for me, it's a 3.5. Um, wow. And that's not that I don't like it. It's just that it just is like not not my favorite. And that's why I don't like giving five star things. But um,
1: no, overall, I mean, this three, quite, I, overall,
0: this was really good, very enjoyable. Just not uh not going to rise it to a four. It's quite closer to a seven five.
1: That's fair. I mean, a 3.5 is a above average score. Mm-hmm. So you know, fair enough, and that is going to average us to a 4.11 overall, which will be rounded down to a four for the letterbox purposes. Um, Zach, do you want to know the score that we gave the very first movie just to compare? Oh,
0: what uh, we gave Fargo last what year. What we gave Fargo last year. I mean, I think it was really high. I think we gave it four four point five or five. I would imagine. Yeah,
1: Fargo was above at a four point five. Uh, it was a four point five from the listeners, four point five from. Uh, fives from you and me so it still does not rate as high as fargo for all of us i i would have been curious if Ovid written in and given us his score for this to see if they it bumped it up or down
0: uh i think it would bump it down if i think
1: he's down on this
0: it's on his watch list so maybe he can watch it and let us know but um Maybe he can i uh i would guess especially olin rated this pretty high right um, right right yeah obviously obviously probably closer to me if i had to guess fair enough fair enough
1: Well, why don't we start getting into some listener connections?
0: Yes. So we're going to do our ladder now. Uh, If this is your first time listening, this is the segment of the podcast when we pick next week's movie. We use connections from the listeners. We use host connections. And we develop a uh, usually either final three or final four of movies and then pick one from there. So Brendan and I will each nominate for the finals. Um, Once we do pick next week's movie, of course, make sure you send in your feedback at ladder movie on twitter the movie sending your score for the movie sending your questions comments and observations and then of course uh you know a couple two maybe three connections of movies that you'd like to suggest um the only caveat is they cannot be a movie we already covered in season one that is the only caveat and they need to be somehow connected it can be any kind of connection you want cast crew theme year uh Whatever, you know, you'll you'll see if you're listening. And anything that you can justify as a connection, we will use as a connection. So, um, we will add in here. Let's see. So we're gonna start with Jeff leading us off. First one is Silver Streak. Pick that. This one for the Gene Wilder connection. And it looks like we haven't seen it. Oh, that's the other thing. On the wrap up podcast last week, we said we were gonna try to see more stuff that was not rewatches. I think we don't have to be beholden to that. And Brendan, I'd be curious what you think. No. I think it's just like. You know, I we can try to do, like, more than half being a new movie for at least one of us. I presume.
1: Yeah, that's more what I meant. I mean, as long as one of us hasn't seen it, I feel I feel pretty good about it.
0: But I think if half of our movies are rewatches or, you know, yeah. thirty like a third of our movies are movies that we've both seen, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because yeah, there's doing definitely it. something to be gained from revisiting movies as well as... For sure. You know, for sure. Um, yeah. All right. The next is uh, Blazing Saddles, Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn. Uh, I'm sure most have seen this, but it's another classic, and there are a lot of links just with the actors alone. And the third, is using Gene Hackman, so he says the French connection. And finally, uh, Gene's, bo- uh, Jeff, Gene, Gene, Jeff's wife wants to add, uh, While You Were Sleeping from Peter Boyle. So, or starring nice. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle, of course, is the actor who played, uh, Frankenstein. The monster,
1: and we did yes. not
0: mention him at all. No, we didn't. Um, um he was great. I thought he, yeah. uh, I really I liked his portrayal of the monster, and he's got like a very memorable face. I've definitely seen him in a lot of
1: movies. For sure. Yeah, I mean, most notable, uh, most notably, will be probably actually remembered as uh, Ray Romano's dad on Everybody Loves Raymond.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, yep, that is what I that is what I know him from. Um, yep. All right. Uh, next we've got Zvi, and I like his, I like his, uh, his theory for this. So he goes, uh, instead of young, we're going to do old next week. So the first is the original Old Boy. Can you imagine a tonal whiplash of covering these two movies back to back? That would be something. I don't know. I don't know Old Boy. Haven't seen it, but I would. All right. That's great. Good to Mm. know. Um, Old Boy is a Korean movie, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, uh, next one is No Country for Old Men. Another one with tonal whiplash. I can't imagine this would be a new watch for either of you. Definitely opened, uh, uh opens up some many interesting po- possibilities of options. Yeah, that would,
1: that would actually spark a really fun debate if we covered No Country for Old Men, because I am one of the No Country for Old Men over There Will Be Blood people. And I know that's a, uh, that's a back and forth you and I have had several times. I would be very, cause I mean, I think it's a better movie. I'm glad it, uh, I'm glad it won the awards it won and I think it deserved them. I think it's a fantastic movie and I still think it's better than there
0: will be blood, even though I finally saw there will be blood and it's fine. Um, I am the complete opposite. I actually did not really like no country for old men the first time I saw it. Um, I just, it, I was really bored during it. It didn't work for me at all. And it's one that I've wanted to rewatch for like over five years. Like I saw, I saw this back when it first came out. I haven't seen it since, and I've been meaning to rewatch it. So I think it would be a pretty interesting podcast to do No Country for Old Men because for sure, for sure, sure, I'm imagining I would like it more this time. Um, I hope so. But I just, I think it's, it's one of those movies that I just do not get what people love about yeah, it.
1: Yeah. I think as you've seen more Coen Brothers, you might
0: appreciate it now too. I think so. Um, And then his third movie, uh sean of the dead another pitch perfect satire of undead based movies and of course connects back to hot fuzz from 2020 um yes uh the fact he said oh he said of course the fact that it connects back to hot fuzz is irrelevant very true it is irrelevant you're not i I thought of sean of the dead as well um (laughs) yeah that was on his list all right kyle suggested the producers don't be stupid be a smarty Come on, watch the producers, perhaps my favorite Brooks Wilder film. So funny that Kirby Enthusiasm incorporated it into one of their seasons. Uh, would love to hear someone more Jewish than me discuss it, and it's currently on <laughs> HBO Max. Oh, I appreciate uh, Kyle putting in wherever things are streaming. Um, yes, uh, producer is definitely a great connection. The next is The Exorcist. Young Frankenstein won the Golden Scroll Saturn Award for Best Horror. Uh, mm-hmm. that seems wrong to me. The Exorcist won the award the year before, which seems right. One of my top five horror movie films. So that is a Golden Scroll Saturn award winning, uh, connection. It's also interesting. X. Uh, I'm nursing The Exorcist.
1: You've so. never seen The Exorcist. Wow. Another one
0: that's on my list to watch. Um, and I've heard it's great. I've just never seen it. So, interesting. and, and uh, finally, the last one is The Friends of Eddie Croy- Eddie Coyle. A Peter Boyle crime procedural from the year before Young Frankenstein about an aging Mm. criminal trying to keep from going back to prison. I would not heard of this one and uh, had seen glowing reviews on my Letterboxd followers or people he's following. Ranked this five stars, so now I really want to check it out, and that's on Canopy. Interesting. Yeah, I have not heard of Friends of Eddie Coyle. I'd be curious about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, honorable mention to Austin Powers... Which uh, because which we of, talked about earlier, yeah, Funny Frau, which I assume is a direct homage to Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, exactly. That, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Stefan Johnson has two Unforgiven, because that's got Gene Hackman, and The Island, because of Mad Scientists. Oh, I didn't think nice. about. Nice. I was trying to find, find some Mad Scientist movies. Yeah, before. I didn't find
1: one that I really liked that much, but I uh, yeah, or that I hadn't seen. I was trying to bring something that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. for our next thing, So.
0: Alright. Uh, Molly sent in The Bride from 1985. An original take on the Frankenstein story starring Sting as Baron Ooh. Frankenstein and Jennifer Beals as the Bride. Nice. Uh, Willie Walker and The Chocolate Factory starring Gene Wilder. Nice. Mary Shelley, the 2017 film starring Al Fanning, a biopic of the author of Frankenstein.
1: That's interesting. I never saw that. I don't know if it's any good, but I'd be curious to check it out. Yeah, it That's an interesting connection.
0: Uh Olin says, the producers from 1967 link original comedy between Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. Uh, less than half the amount of links as Blazing Saddles, but that has been viewed by both of you. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate people checking our letterbox to see. Absolutely. See. see what they can suggest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from 1977, the last remake of Bogest. 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 Oh. Yep. A spoof film that is directed by and stars Marty Feldman. Yep. Uh, success to Young Frankenstein helped in making this. Also stars Michael York, who liked Bob Brooks, had a season long arc in Curb Enthusiasm, uh, working on a project with Larry David. Great cast yep. of British actors and comedians. Also, Michael York was, uh, in Austin Powers,
1: I believe. Yep.
0: And it was Basil Exposition. Yep. And then finally, uh, Frankenstein from 1931, the James yeah. Whale opening inspiration for young Frankenstein.
1: Oh, yeah. This is original
0: inspiration for young Frankenstein.
1: Yeah. This would be the, this would be the go to classic. It would open up a lot to go back to, uh, the original Frankenstein. We have to go back. So. We do have to go
0: back. All right. Uh Jeremiah adds in Silver Streak. So it's doubling for Silver doubling Streak. Doubling for Silver Streak. And Spaceballs, uh, yep. which I don't know if anybody else has suggested Spaceballs yet. No,
1: oh, no, they haven't. But um I, I mean, obviously, I love Spaceballs. Um, it's, it's a classic. Uh You know, it's gets us into the Star Wars parody, which everybody,
0: you know, most people love. Um I love. As a huge Star Wars fan, it really works for me. May the Schwartz be with you. Indeed. All right, uh, Jim Crumley. My connection is another movie about reanimation gone wrong, The Crow. Oh, that movie was so scary when I was a kid. The Crow and Young <laughs> Frankenstein also share two crew members: Robert W. King, special effects assistant, and Dan Wallen for score mixing. Oh, I did not think about The Crow as a connection. I mean, if you're uh,
1: if you're the titular Crow character, the reincarnation went right. Um, you
0: get it, to take vengeance on everybody. So yeah, splur- I don't know if you. spoilers gonna- for the Crow uh but. lots also i would say the crow is most connected with black and white too yeah that's it's not yeah. it's basically a black and white movie even though it's He's black and white yeah um and then another one that came in is from mac um nice. it's kind of a half connection so what mac said is he said if only i could think of a movie that is filmed in the style of the movies that it's referencing so the way young frankenstein is in black and white the way young frankenstein is um and i don't he never completed that thought because i responded and said young mankenstein So I don't know if he was suggesting Mank or not, but I think Mank works because Mank was filmed basically the same way. Yeah, I think he was definitely implying Mank. Um, Well, he never confirmed it back to me. I think he would take it as a given. Uh, I was too busy laughing at my young Mankenstein joke. I thought it was just way too funny.
1: Mankie Feldman.
0: Yes, exactly. All right. right. So now we've got our connections. Uh, I'm going to go first. You do that. Uh, All right. So I had the producers on my list, taking that one off. Because that's already been suggested. Um so a comedy starring Terry Garr, and this is known as one of the best comedies of all time. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh that is Tootsie starring Terry Garr. So I don't know if any just pipe in and let me know if any of these are movies you haven't seen. Uh, although the next one I know you haven't seen. I ha-
1: I have seen Tootsie. Um I saw it a couple of years ago, Dustin Hoffman. Um it's got some problems, but it's it still holds up uh, pretty well as a comedy, but it's got some sort of uh, cross-dressing jokes that don't hold up so well.
0: Oh, it'd be like mixed nuts. Yeah. Um, all mm-hmm. right, my next one. So as I was researching this movie, I saw that uh, they refer to Frankenstein as the modern Prometheus. Um, and I know this is a movie you've never seen, which I'm surprised because as David Damon Lindelof was involved in the creation of this, and that is Prometheus. So that's the uh, yeah, I love that idea.
1: I love this, taking Prometheus to postmodern Prometheus to Prometheus. So yes. uh,
0: so that's a uh, Prometheus is the alien prequel. You don't need to do that. For me with Spoiler her. alert. Well, I mean, yeah, I think everybody knows. that. It's yeah, I already know that. I mean, I saw Alien Covenant,
1: so I kind of got the gist of Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Alien
0: Covenant is, is like a sequel to Prometheus. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. It's a, it's definitely super. Nice. Um, yeah. All right. And then my third, I was trying to think of fun movies that involve that, uh, you know, the, that Transylvanian, um, mm. Transylvanian monsters. And, yep. um, I really only suggest this because I thought the trailer for the third one looked pretty funny. And I, I actually thought about seeing it. So I'm going to suggest hotel Transylvania. Nice.
1: Um,
0: and I did notice that Mel Brooks actually has voice roles in Hotel Transylvania oh. two and three, but not. Yeah, and I
1: believe he was also a line, a uh, executive producer on them, maybe. Okay. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, it, and uh, yeah, I've never seen any of them. We, I don't think we've done. We have not done a. We have
1: not done an animated, uh, animated film animated. to this point. Yeah. So, um, Interesting.
0: And then some honorable mentions. So I did mention when we were talking. You talked about Aerosmith, and I said there's one movie that Aerosmith. Is very closely tied to. I could not think of any other ways to connect this, so I'm not going to suggest it. But it would be Armageddon if I could think of. Oh, it. Oh,
1: I was thinking about um, Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, no.
0: no uh, or is
1: that just on SNL? Are they not? Are they
0: in the Mo- Wayne's World no. two movie? They reference a lot of bands in Wayne's World, so. Pretend. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I I love Armageddon though. I, yeah. I'm a fan of that. Well, man. it's a, um, yeah, it's not bad. But I'm not suggesting it. The I other like Deep two. Impact. I okay. would have suggested if they were streaming places. Uh-huh um one is for the title young and that is promising young woman it just came nice. out and i really want to see it but it's not available anywhere to stream i think you might be able to pay to rent it but we don't want to ask our listeners to pay like 20 bucks to rent a movie and right. the other is a body swap movie because we do get a body swap at the end of young Frankenstein, uh, and that's freaky yeah so that's the vince vaughn murder killer body swap uh movie but also not available anywhere so i'm not suggesting nice i threw a tootsie prometheus and hotel Transylvania.
1: nice all very different movies um so i've got several and i've been sort of going back and forth about which ones i actually want to nominate uh the first one i want to talk about is another movie from the 1970s that is a parody of much more famous stories that came before it and this is monty python's life of brian it's a, uh, it's basically a parody of a, uh, much more famous figure who gets mistaken for that figure. Um,
0: okay. Yep. That's interesting. And then,
1: uh, then we have obviously I couldn't get out of here without talking about the connections between this and Rocky Horror Picture Show, between, uh, bringing someone back to life, Transylvania, Spooky Mansion, musical numbers. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show is going to be my no- next nomination. Uh, and then my third nomination is going to be a Barbara Streisand movie I have never seen, but has two cast connections. So we could keep going on the Madeline Kahn train and add Kenneth Mars, who played the chief constable in the, uh, 1970s comedy, What's Up Doc? And honorable mentions that I'm not going to nominate, uh, Warm Bodies is a zombie parody comedy from 2013 that I thought about. Um, they talk about how they need a warm body or a fresh body, one that hasn't been dead too long in Young Frankenstein. Uh, I also thought about throwing in American Werewolf in London, which is a comedy horror remake of a 1930s monster picture. And then, I remember uh, being very funny to be honest, they, they call it a horror comedy, but having yeah, I've not seen it, it. I, I just don't,
0: I just funny. don't remember being very funny. Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh there is a second film in which Gene Hackman has a notorious cameo, this one more recent from twenty eighteen, the Clint Eastwood film The Mule. I thought about throwing in there. Um Gene Hackman apparently came out of retirement for a cameo in that movie. I have no idea what it is, I haven't seen it, but I thought about throwing that one in there. So that's my final honorable mention.
0: But Who do you think my, is older? Gene Hackman or Mel Brooks?
1: Um uh, Mel Brooks.
0: They're both way older than I was expecting. Gennady right, well, like, is 90. Mel oh, well, is 94 years old.
1: So, yeah, yeah, and his is, best friend, yeah, I I knew he was pre- getting up there in age. His best friend uh, Carl Ryder, just passed away. Um, they used to like go to each other's houses every day and have dinner. So, oh. Uh, okay. So my final three nominees are Money Python's Left, Brian, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and What's Up, Doc. All right. Why don't we go back through all the nominees? I'll take care of that. So we have Silver Streak, Blazing Saddles, The Bridge Connection, While You Were Sleeping, Old Boy, No Country for Old Men, Shaun of the Dead, The Producers Again, The Exorcist, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, Unforgiven, The Island, The Bride, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Mary Shelley, The producers, the last, the latest remake of Bo Chest and Frankenstein 1931, Silver Streak, Spaceballs, The Crow, Mank, Money Python's Life of Brian, Rocky Horror Picture Show, What's Up Doc, Tootsie, Prometheus, and the Hotel Transylvania.
0: Very nice. Exactly. I, I like that. I, I like I like you reading them off because I do a lot of reading them off earlier. So that works very oh, well. so, um, all right. Well you get to go first with oh, your nomination right. for the finals.
1: So I am going to pick a listener suggestion for my first I really want to pick Unforgiven, but I feel like there's not enough Gene Hackman in this movie to yeah, really justify I, it. Um because I haven't seen Unforgiven. But the one that I really think I want to do that I think would be really fun. Um, well, may, or maybe not even fun. I don't know too much about it. Um, I think we should go with the Peter Boyle movie, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Oh, it's something I've never heard of. I think it could be really cool. It seems like our kind of movie.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that would be interesting because it's one that, um, yeah, I would guess most of our listeners have not seen. Yeah.
1: So that's going to be my listener pick. Um, going from something widely known in Young crack inside to something a little more obscure. Yeah. Uh, so there
0: go. I'm just trying to find it right now to see if anybody has seen it. Um Uh no. none. uh none of our none of our friends have seen it. None of our listeners have seen it. I follow a lot of box. Nice. Uh that's not where I thought you were gonna go. So I was hoping you were gonna take the one I wanted you to pick. Um <laughs> yeah. I tame multitudes Zachary yeah. I, I mean I really like the idea of doing the producers, um, because I just watched that season of Curb. Mm but i really feel like if we're going to do that we'd need to have ov and chester on and i don't really Agreed. feel like trying to schedule with them <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm going to go Fair. with no country for old men because it's mm. uh i don't know if it's the, the only reason why i don't know if this is the best is because i don't know if it's a good connection i think it's a great choice for a movie to watch yes. this year because i i do want to revisit it and i think it'd be great to revisit it for the podcast yeah uh,
1: you could you could call um you could call the uh, the main villain a Frankenstein-like character. That's true. He is kind of a yeah. Frankenstein. character. Okay. kind okay. of yeah. Frank- that makes yeah. He
0: is kind of like a Frankenstein monster. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Frankenstein Frank- Frank- kind of monster. monster.
1: Yeah. yeah. All uh, right. So from your list, I need to pick one, and I think I have to pick the obvious choice of Prometheus yes. because that's a movie that you and I have gone back and forth about for a long time. That I need to see. That you're Annoyed that I have a blind spot for. Well, um,
0: I'm annoyed for you. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really. Make fair enough. Much. Fair
1: enough. And I love David Lindelof. You love David Lindelof. Let's let's see what happens if we watch Prometheus. All
0: right. Um, I don't know anything about what's up, Doc. So I will just say what's up, Doc. Interesting.
1: Barbara sure What's up, Doc?
0: Who was it that was so anti-Monty Python humor? Is that Av? That's Av. Av. doesn't, Av doesn't Av, Av re- shut me down hard every time I nominated a. I know I haven't seen Life of Brian so I wonder if that I
1: love Life of Brian Life of Brian is a really great movie and it it's parodying um sort of the like Last Temptation of Christ type movies
0: um all right yeah let's do Life of Brian instead actually let's okay I feel like that's one that I I should see and I've never seen it um from 1979 yep it's the same sort of parody as Young Frankenstein where
1: there's jokes on top of jokes and there you know, lots of mistaken identity and lots of uh
0: yeah. So um all right, well that one is uh streaming on Netflix. Nice. Uh Fred's Eddie Coyle is streaming on Canopy, so if you have a uh if you have a library account I've, you can watch it. it. Let's see, it's also let's see if it's anywhere else. It's
1: anywhere else. So that one can be a little it's hard to find. CBS
0: all access also.
1: Interesting. But <laughs> that usually isn't You're, true, right?
0: uh it's not uh, cbs oxus isn't free but um if you're gonna watch some survivor you might as well watch some uh yeah <laughs> you might as well watch friends of eddie cloyle what else do we got no country for old men it's on I the imagine list. that is
1: on i believe that's on netflix it Last used
0: time. to be on netflix i don't know if it still is
1: yeah
0: um, isn't this uh no, i put new country i was like why isn't this coming oh. up <laughs> new country uh, no country for uh, old uh, men no country for old men is streaming on hbo max
1: oh it's on the max now nice
0: and also Showtime as well. Yeah, and I believe
1: Prometheus is also on the Max.
0: Uh, uh Prometheus was on Netflix last year.
1: Right. I, mean, I think it's moved to the Max, but maybe not.
0: Take it to the Max. I'm I'm pulling that up now. So, uh, yes, that is also on HBO Max. Very good. Yeah. um and, and Life of Brain. Life of Brain. I I said that one, didn't I? Oh, did I you? Said that on Netflix.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Um, All right. So what are we thinking? So I think we take uh. I think Friends of Eddie Coyle is one that I'm going to have to add to my personal list. I think it sounds really cool. I, I want to check it out. But I don't know how accessible Canopy is for our listeners, and I don't necessarily want to yeah, like it. Everybody
0: that. has access to the library, guys. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I Yeah, I guess that's okay.
1: So yeah, I think the question is, do we want to go comedy? Do we want to go serious? Do we want to go kind of horror with Prometheus?
0: Um... Um, i think i'm okay throwing no country out because it's good and i do i think it's a it's it's good to have this like planted in the first episode that we want that we want to attack that movie at some point yeah Um, i just don't think this is the connection
1: i agree it's not the connection to do it it's um I, i i would hate to dip back into the coen brothers well so early into our second season you know what i mean as like it would feel like a crutch almost be like, oh, they're doing another early Coen brothers, you know, and that, that, that just feels a little too easy to me. Um, and the, yeah, you're right. I think the connection is not as strong. I think we can find a better connection later. So if we're doing Prometheus or Life of Brian, um, one of us has a blind spot for each.
0: Yes. Um,
1: I think, you know, I think you will love Life of Brian. Um, and I think that you think I will love Prometheus. So I think that's fair. Um, is this coin flip situation?
0: Ooh, I had a coin Where you mean heads uh, is Brytheus, tails it's Life of Brian. It's me versus you. Okay. I like that. I was going to, so my argument one was going to be Life of Brian probably is a stronger connection to, uh, to Young Frankenstein. But, um, I mean, would be fun. So one's on HBO Max, one's on Netflix. Um, all right. I guess we'll flip. All right, so I'll be Tails, you'll be Heads. Prometheus is Heads, like Brian's
1: Tails. Winner takes the pot. All right, which was which? Heads is Prometheus, Tails is Life of Brian.
0: We are going to the Life of Brian. Monty Python, come on yeah. down, it's been so long. I think that's probably the stronger connection. I, I think get back-to-back back, uh, blind spots, which is fun.
1: And, but, you know, um, Life of Brian, I I, I keep sort of hedging around it because I don't want to spoiled you on the joke of what it means yeah don't say yeah it's a it's basically it's a spoof
0: of a just much a better don't tell me state. anything else yeah. don't tell me anything yeah, else. yeah. yeah it's a well-known um, parody yeah. yeah it looks like a lot of our listeners have already seen it so they'll get to rewatch it or just write it's, in based on their, their memory kyle's seen it olin's seen yeah. it mac has there's, seen it there's um, also a very famous singing song so yeah um, very famous song uh that yeah
1: it also and, uh, got turned into a Broadway musical, just like, uh, just okay. like a
0: Freck's Yeah. stand uh, Stanley. Um, so. Nolan Rossiter is on your watch list as well as nice. on Ops' watch list as well. So there you go. We're helping you guys knock something off your watch list. So, all right. Next week, Life of Brian. That is a spoof turned into a Broadway musical. That is going to be your connection next week. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, before we get out of here, um, Let's just talk about we didn't talk about what we've been watching, what we watched yeah. this week. Um, but why don't you do you want to just do a quick like what you watched? I mean, I yeah, feel like we'll do, we'll we're do a little bit long,
1: of so um we should uh, yeah. Should... So as uh, as we talked about briefly last week, the uh Criterion Channel challenge has started on Letterboxed and I was very excited to delve into that. The first challenge is pick a movie on Criterion from the year Criterion launched the criterion collection which was 1984 so i took the 1984 jim jarmusch film stranger Than paradise uh i really really liked this movie it's really oddly made it's about a little under 90 minutes um it's got a lot of really quick cuts really tiny scenes but i really like the performances of the three lead characters it's you can see a lot of fingerprints of movies that come after it on it um, from Jarmouche and from other people. Um, you can see a little bit of Coen Brothers in it as well. It's a, uh, sort of comedy drama surrounding a, um, couple of New Yorkers whose distant cousin comes to visit them and they sort of get into some misadventure because all three of them decide that they don't really want to live a straight, boring life. They want to, break the laws in some significant ways and that's that's about where i'll they decide to pull a con and that's that's where i'll end it um but i i really liked this movie um i'm excited to see where i go with the criterion co- collection challenge next but uh yeah stranger in paradise highly recommend it uh 1984 ginger Rouge. what about you i didn't
0: know that it was a that it had any humor in it i just assumed it was really depressing so yeah. Um all right well I've watched a ton over the, like I've just been on a real roll the last couple weeks watching movies. Um mm-hmm. I'm almost through all of the Small Axe movies. I have one Small nice. Axe left. Um highly recommend those. They're all they've all been above average I think. Um I yes. I have I have different favorites than a lot of other people who have watched them. I really liked Red White and Blue. Um which mm-hmm. is the one that stars John Boyega. That was the third one. But uh, nice. I'm a big fan. Uh but I'm going to talk about a movie that I watched on New Year's Eve and Ooh. that is soul on disney plus nice um the new pixar movie starring jamie fox i the first 20 minutes or so i was really not into it and mm. then it just it picks up so much um i think this is it's a pixar movie i do not think i don't know if it's really a kid's movie i mean it's it deals with some pretty heavy themes have you seen it yet or not
1: you know i did i saw but it on right right as
0: well up. with my mom uh
1: and I, I I really liked it. It's really heavy. It doesn't really seem like a kids' movie, but I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it was. Uh, there were parts of it that didn't really track for me or work for me, but it, it dealt with some really heavy stuff, and I I liked
0: it. Um, I got Inside Out. Still, is probably my favorite of the Pixar yeah. movies because I just think it's so clever. Um, but this is this is up. This, this is movie... I, I think I have this as my second movie, my second favorite movie of 2020 that I've seen okay. so far interesting
1: um, yeah, i borrowed a lot
0: from inside out i felt like yeah well same writer and director as yeah. Inside Out. Pete doctor same um, music as well right uh i believe so yeah. yeah um and the terry voice i thought was so funny and then when the credits yeah. rolled and i saw who played terry i was really really happy to see nice, to say, nice. it is an actor that uh has some terrific roles
1: nice
0: so, um also yeah. shout out to the third man because that was that was awesome i watched that as part of my monthly challenge yeah um, and like you i'm doing the criterion challenge as well so watched an '84 movie, and um, I'm excited for this week's Criterion. So. Nice.
1: Yeah, this this week's Criterion I'm really excited about as well. Um, I I think we could spoil it. The next the next up is a Curacao uh, film. Yes. And so the, the Criterion
0: to... Challenge, if you're not doing it, um, you can find it on both of our letterbox. We yep. have lists to it, and each week there's a different uh, objective that you have, and it has to be a movie that is on the Criterion list. So there's links to the Criterion list. And this first one was 1984, which was the year Criterion started. Next one is Kurosawa film. So, yeah, lots and of Kurosawa I'm, films on the Criterion list to choose from.
1: There's so many. Um, I'm excited to finally check out something that, as an avid Star Wars fan, I probably should have watched by now. Um, The Kurosawa film Hidden Fortress, which George Lucas borrowed from uh, some of the character archetypes and specific character notes for characters in the original Star Wars movie. Is
0: it just, I mean, I guess you'll know so, if you see it, but isn't it just R2-D2 and C-3PO, or are there uh, I believe
1: there's some other character types as well, and oh, some okay. specific types of scenes that he sets up. Um, it's about a rescue, et cetera, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah I I was going to go with you on that, but I realize I have a big Kurosawa blind spot that yeah. I need to fill, so oh, yeah. that is the Seven Samurai. Um, so I'm going to be watching that as my Kurosawa
1: this week. Good for you. And next up on my, uh so I used uh the Jim Jarmusch film for both my personal, started my personal movie ladder for 2021 and my Criterion Challenge. So next up on my personal ladder, I'm actually going to steal your Criterion movie and do Criterion 1984 as my first connection and go with Paris, Texas next.
0: Oh, nice. So oh. my
1: second film on my personal ladder this week will be Paris,
0: Texas. Yes, that's what I watched last week. I'm excited to hear what you have yeah. to say about Paris, Texas. Yeah, I am
1: too. So we'll, we'll talk a little Paris, Texas next week. I'm, so I'm you always
0: restart your ladder every year. I keep my Thank ladder you. going. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the, the middle of small acts right now. I'm just doing all nice. five of those. With my
1: ladder. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Donkey Kong leveling thing. I, I It made sense to do that for both my personal and this ladder, ladder podcast. So there uh, you go.
0: Yeah, let us know this if you're doing any year. challenges this year. If you, I know my brother is doing a separate movie challenge in addition to the mm-hmm. Criterion one. He's doing one with a uh, – he's in like a movie club called Featured Presentation. So he's doing Interesting. one. And he's going to podcast along with that. Um, He's calling it Digesting Cinema, which I wonder where he got the idea to name a podcast Digesting from. No idea uh where he could have gotten that idea so uh you can check that out uh, it's, uh, but don't replace your movie ladder watching with that but if you are looking for more movies to watch on a weekly basis
1: yeah absolutely fine. i mean I, I you know they're they're definitely gonna cover some interesting stuff it seems like um they yeah. already kind of have a list going apparently on letterboxd so yeah they started
0: can, uh, they did yeah. funny girl this week and next week they're doing kramer versus kramer good yeah. for them kramer versus kramer is a fabulous film so yeah it's been on good my watch for list for a while yeah um, but yeah, so, the, you know, movie, weekly movie challenges are all the rage during COVID, apparently. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. We don't, we
0: don't call the Movie Ladder podcast a challenge, but it's just a weekly movie club. Every week we do yeah, movie. I, movie.
1: I yeah. hope we're not a challenge. I hope we are, uh, something you enjoy with ease. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, so yeah, come along with us on this. Let us know if you're going to do the Criterion Challenge. You can see that on Letterboxd. Let us know what you're picking as well. Um, so next week we will be doing Life of Brian, the spoof humor connection and also that have turned into a Broadway musical. It's Monty Python Life of brian It is streaming on Netflix. And uh it's a quick one. It's like ninety something minutes. New one for me, not a new one for Brendan.
1: Not a new one for me.
0: That was uh your suggestion. So you get a point right off the bat. Yeah. Boom, nailed it.
1: Same thing as last year.
0: It's all downhill from here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you started off really <laughs> last year. It's like uh like all the <laughs> pools did. that we do. <laughs>
1: do. well without all of here to drag me down, I I should get I should do better this year. So uh all right, looking forward to that. Uh Brennan, where can people follow you? see you can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at FidzyBrennan. Uh that's about it. Yeah, check no the problem. check out my Instagram as I post the uh post the episode every week uh on Instagram when it drops. So if you yeah, want to follow me on Instagram, that's cool too.
0: It's cool. The way that it works on Instagram, Spotify, who owns yeah. Anchor, where we host this podcast, has an integration with Instagram. So if you actually click through from Brennan's Instagram story, you can yeah. click right into Spotify to listen to the.
1: Podcast. Absolutely. And the, the, the cool thing I started doing is finding a GIF that I like from the movie and posting that with the, uh, with the link just for funsies to give a little extra flavor to the, the experience. What's the best
0: GIF from Young Frankenstein? Hmm,
1: it's probably putting on the ritz. It's yeah, probably just them right. cat dancing, but it's probably also the look on G Wilder's face when the it's alive. It's
0: yeah, alive. that's the one I've seen. That one's really good. Yeah. I feel like there could be some good Igor gifs as well. There's
1: there's ones where he's like rolling his eyes and stuff that are really good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh man,
0: I think I, I I will say I think Igor as a character is gonna go down for me as like an all timer.
1: Yeah, that, I think. Pretty. I think one thing we didn't do at the end of last year's movie ladder that we want to do this year is single out some individual performances that we loved throughout the year. um, and Maybe even in movies that we didn't like as much, just individual performances that stuck with us throughout the year. And I think this will definitely be one that, uh, that sticks with us.
0: Yeah. In 52 weeks, we'll have to remember that. Yeah, one.
1: absolutely.
0: Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm at Brooks ZA on all platforms and uh, the movie ladder itself at ladder Movie. The movie ladder at gmail.com and the movie ladder on Letterboxd. So follow us on all of those. Make sure you send in your feedback and next movie connections off of Life of Brian, as well as your five star rating. Well, it doesn't have to be five star, but up, up to five star rating. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will factor that into our listener average. And we'll be back next week to talk about Life of Brian and see what we're watching next. All right. I don't like spam. And this will help things turn out for the base. Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing